0: Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You, a podcast exploring reproductive technology and life changing stories. Here are your hosts, Jennifer
1: White and Ellen Trackman.
0: Welcome to I Want to Put a Baby in You. I'm Ellen Trackman here with Jennifer White. Hi, Hi. Jen. Hey. So, Jen and I have been very excited to receive some fan mail. Maybe not quite fan mail. Some questions. I, We've got we questions some, yeah. by email, which was exciting. And we welcome that. So we thought we would go ahead and just live on the podcast, answer a few of these questions we got by email. So Jen, we heard from individual Chuck. Um, hi, Chuck. Thanks for listening who wants to know about insurance and surrogacy. And he specifically wanted to know if he could use the surrogate's insurance policy, her personal policy, or if they had to buy a separate policy. Jen, what would you say to that, my insurance expert? uh, Without knowing more than
2: exactly that (laughs) fact pattern, it is a very difficult question to answer. Um, But uh, one, Chuck, since I know you listen, that means what I would advise you to do is go back all the way back to episode nine (laughs) and listen to Sarah Payne. To talk about insurance. Um, And beyond that, what I would actually do is send you, have you go to an insurance professional and have your surrogate's insurance reviewed to see that if it is surrogacy friendly or not, because that will ultimately help you know whether or not you can use her insurance or whether you do need to take out another policy through some other venue, such as the exchange or one of the the kind of expensive backup plans and things like that, but it, nice. I, unfortunately, on without
0: mm-hmm. without more information, I just can't answer that question very well. Step one: listen to episode nine. Step two: right. call an art professional. <laughs> Correct seeing, an insurance professional. Okay, Jen, are you ready for another one? I am ready for another one. Okay. another one. Um, Hi. I just had a kid recently, and I have fear of falling behind on payments. He's near perfect, if not perfect. Uh, And I bet he is perfect. I'm going to go ahead and guarantee that. Babies Uh, always are. They are. Um, I'm college-educated, full bill of health, and I'm free and clear of STIs. How can I make some small change donating my sperm? Jen? Oh wow, really? Did you really just throw that
2: one at me? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Um I would definitely suggest you go back and listen to the Kyle Gordy episode, which I believe is episode 57. Um, and, and listen to his experience donating sperm. Um, I, beyond listening to that episode, I would actually um, suggest you that you reach out to a reputable sperm bank if you are interested in donating sperm and, and talking to them and going through their process wherever
0: you are. And hopefully they're counseling you not just on like, Small change you might make to help your family, but you know, the bigger, broader implications that your child now may have half right. siblings may have a lot of half siblings out there. There are these people who are conceived because of this who may want to contact you and um, be interested in having some kind of relationship in the future. And even if it's anonymous, right, there's DNA testing. So like, we'll know each other in the future. So lots of things to think about beyond, like, do I receive a small amount of money for doing this? Right. So
2: let's, let's talk to a, another real expert today besides us, just yes. you know, randomly shoving <laughs> advice at people. Um, <laughs> it was absolutely our pleasure to talk to a incredible dynamo of a woman uh, who has started Not an sure. incredible business that is going
0: to help, help all families, I think. Welcome, Abby Mercado, to the
1: podcast. Abby, thank you for joining us. Thank you so much for having me. So excited to be talking to you guys today.
0: And because our listeners can't see this, I just have to point out and tell everyone that I love that when you signed in to our podcasting app, that you put your name as <laughs> Abby! Exclamation mark! So I love that. <laughs> I love that you come with that energy,
1: even when signing in your name. You gotta. Startups <laughs> take it all out of you. So does infertility, by the way. <sighs> right. Yes.
0: Yes. So you were the founder of Best Shot, right?
1: Yes. Do you want to right. start
0: by telling us a little bit about your background and what led to to founding this amazing journey?
1: Yeah, for sure. I would love to. Um, so I'll kind of start you at the very beginning. I I'm Dallas girl, born and raised. Went to school in Tennessee. Went off. to Where's Wall your Street. accent? Oh. I, you know, people ask me that, but Dallas is actually a large metropolitan area. Fair enough. Fair
2: enough. <laughs> so, okay. Um, you, did, you did come in with a y'all before we got on the air. And I was I, like, oh, I, I, did.
1: I did. But you know what? Y'all is just a very efficient form of speech. So mm-hmm. I <laughs> that is true. All about so efficiency. Um, so moved off to New York after college, got a job in investment banking, which I Absolutely detested. Um, I like to say that I am a a rule breaker, not a rule keeper. And did that for two years and I had the opportunity to move out to Colorado, which is where I live now, to work for a handful of Woo-hoo. startups, Woo-hoo. Woo-hoo. Um, a handful of startups in the energy space, um, which I really loved. I loved startup life. Um, I, I ended up starting a company in the energy space. It was really cool, really fun. Um, then the energy industry crashed in 2016. And Mm. I was also noticing that the energy industry could just be better. Like it was, it was just old school. Like it wasn't modern. Um, It was just, I don't know. I was just thinking a lot about it. How can it be made better? Um, And the conclusion that I came to was that it could be made better through technology. So I quite literally Googled oil and gas venture capital and I found um, uh, one of the oldest and largest um, energy venture capital firms, like right down the street okay. um, from where I was currently working. So I wow. asked them for a job, and they gave me a job. So um, I worked at a firm called Altira Group as a pre-partner, where we were primarily investing in B two B SaaS, um, business to business software as a service. So I learned all about that, and about a year in, I started kind of noticing something about myself. I was, um, I was getting really jealous of the founders (laughs) and, you know, I, I was like, man, I, I think I need to go back to startup life myself. Like, I, I don't know if I'm such a great investor at this point in my career. Um, I, I want to, you know, I want to practice more of what I preach to founders because like, let's be honest, I, I wasn't, I I wasn't preaching the best things. I needed to to go back and experience it. So I was kind of looking for my exit path. Um, about about a year into venture capital and and investing in in these amazing software founders. So, um, meanwhile, um, personally, mm-hmm. so my husband Sean and I we we met in in college at Vanderbilt, mm-hmm. and then we lost that. We reconnected on in Denver. We got married in 2015. I was gonna say, did you drag
0: him to Colorado, or he separately moved here?
1: We both had. We were both uh, relocated here for jobs. And when I, yeah, and so when I moved out here to work in the energy space, one of my friends was like, "Hey, like, do you remember Sean Mercado?" And I was like. Uh like kind of. Um, and so she she reintroduced us and we were best friends for like six months and then we realized we were in love. Um so that was fun. And um so so anyway, Sean and I um we got married in twenty fifteen and you know, I'm I'm a little bit type A and I said, you know what, honey, we're gonna get married and then two years after that, we're gonna have a baby, and then two years after that, we're gonna have another baby. And, you know, we're gonna have a mortgage and an SUV mm-hmm. and, you know, all of those things that, that I wanted and that yeah. he agreed that he wanted to. So, um, 2017 rolls around. We tried and tried and tried and tried and nothing was happening. Um, we weren't getting pregnant. It was really stressful. I was like going to a baby shower weekend. you guys know the drill? Yeah, and, absolutely. um, and so we, uh, you know, ended up, uh, marching ourselves into, CCRM, Colorado Center for Reproductive Medicine, uh, yep. world renowned clinic um, based, based here in Denver. And we saw Dr. Sarah Barton who, um, is fantastic. Yes. yes <laughs> yeah. Yeah. She's amazing. And, um, she, she diagnosed us with, um, infertility, male factor infertility, actually. And just, so, I
0: honestly have to say, I almost feel as a, a relief after so many stories of unexplained that you're yeah, like, okay, right, a at least reason, you have, a cost, we have something yeah. to work
1: on. Totally. Yeah. We, we felt that way too. Um, you know, I think, Yeah, we, we did. I, I felt like, and so we, we ended up doing an IUI that, um, did not work. And we were told that like, it probably wouldn't work, but we just wanted to try everything before we launched into doing IVF. And, you know, it was like moving into IVF was actually kind of exciting because we knew that there was a problem. Like we knew that we had a diagnosis. So yeah, like it was it was a bit of a relief. Um, it, it, it was, I mean, it was still incredibly hard. Um, and so this was the month of April of 2018 and month of May of 2018, you know, we, we got Like we were in it. Um, we took out a second mortgage, we, you know, none of our, yeah. neither of our employers covered, um, infertility, um, as a disease Wait. state that one in eight have, which is in pain, still at runs. this point, right. At this point, are you at a startup or you're, where are you and your? so I was, mm-hmm. I was working in venture capital. Um, okay. so and they didn't
0: offer fertility benefits. Like
1: no. no, no, no. Oh no. Um, <laughs> and you know, that's something that I was reading up about this last night, but you know, that's something that. Like a lot of like millennials who are, you know, the population experiencing, you know, who are going through IVF, generally speaking, like they don't like to work at large companies. Mm -hmm. I wish somebody would study this, but they don't like working at large companies. So what happens to the millennial who is experiencing infertility, who's like, it is not in their fabric of being to work with a large company. Like that is definitely me. So like, what do they do? Like that, that, are they ever going to have insurance coverage for infertility so anyway that was not me and Um, that is a big issue
0: as well (laughs) yeah I mean
1: when I continue my story you'll like you'll see why I'm like such an advocate for this um but Sean was also like working actually in the um in the um kind of uh prenatal health area. Um, so, oh, wow. and like he didn't have insurance cover like it was whack. So, mm-hmm. um, we, we ended up, you know, going through with IVF and, you know, incredibly lonely, incredibly, just emotionally challenging. And, um, so it was our, our priming month. So I was priming my body with the meds that I was going to take during my stim cycle, which was the following month. Yeah. And, and, and
0: just for listeners, yeah. what are you doing for priming? Are you Taking yeah. oral injections,
1: patches. Yeah. What's happening? Yeah, so I'm taking injectables. Um, just that sounds fun. Know, no. <laughs> so fun, <laughs> so fun. What a blast! So I am taking these injectables and just prepping my body and prepping my reproductive system for just like growing a bunch of follicles and getting them retrieved. And so i um we i remember this so distinctly so we went camping um with our friends jody and alex and you know hashtag colorado it was memorial day weekend that's what <laughs> that you do and i remember um i was on i was taking a drug called cetratide and i remember being so dutiful um about going and you know going to the car and you know i had my cetratide in a little cooler and you know oh. alarm would go off and we'd go and and take this shot on our camping trip. Like, so yeah, insane. That's and commitment. Um, we did it for, you know, three days, like we thought we were supposed to. Um, so came back to Colorado or came back to Denver, um, came back home, the weekend was over. And I was like, I wasn't getting my period. Um, so I was about a week late. And I was like, what, What? like, why am I not getting my period? I am so, so regular.
0: And you were expecting to, despite these medications. Yes.
1: Yes. And so like I've done a gazillion times in this process, I took a pregnancy test and I was pregnant. So, after being told Ah. we had less than a 1% chance of conceiving naturally, we got pregnant naturally. Mm -hmm. Um, However, um, the story is sad, unfortunately. Um, It called CCRM, told him I was pregnant, and they were like, "Um, um, You're taking such a tide, so you're probably gonna miss Gary. Because those Ugh. two and don't mix. you right away. Wow. Yeah, and so you know they told me that, and then and then I I realized that I had actually overdosed. So not only was <gasps> I taking satrptide, but I took oh way God. too much satrptide because oh frankly no. the the instructions were so confusing. Um, And what did the
0: instructions say versus what you were doing or were you able to figure that out? They just told me
1: that I was supposed to take like one dose and I ended up taking three doses. Um, So anyway, I screwed up Um, and, you know, I didn't know that I was screwing up, but I also didn't have the tools. So I screwed up um, and I, I ended up miscarrying. So incredibly sad day.
0: Just
1: super, I mean, I see
0: all everyone who's going through fertility is generally a smart person, but you're like a super smart person. You're this like an <laughs> amazing entrepreneur and like you couldn't figure
1: this out or you made the mistake too. just yeah. imagine yeah. the rest of us. I know. I, yeah. And, but like, sure. Fine. But like, you shouldn't, you know, fundamentally you shouldn't have to be super smart to like treat <laughs> a disease that you have, right. you know? And yeah. like, sure. Yeah. Like, I guess I'm smart. Um, but you know, I also really, really wanted a baby. Um, and that's that is where yeah. like the rubber meets the road. Like every, right. like where you're whether you're insured, whether you're not insured, like it doesn't matter. Everybody going through this just really wants a baby. Nobody saying, is, is the common thread. To this
2: thread in yeah,
1: this. totally. Yeah, I mean, it's like fun, like most people, um, most people want to procreate. Not everybody, but most people. Um, and to be told that you like fundamentally cannot um, without, you know, the help of science, like that's that's pretty devastating out of the gates. And then you realize how amazing science is and, you know, you take the stigma away and, and you do it and you go through it. But, yeah, it was it was really tough. Um, so, yeah. So, so after
0: that you know, call with CCRM, what happened? Like, was it pretty instant or were you like, no, they're wrong? Maybe there's hope. Oh,
1: yeah. So I was like, no, they're wrong. Maybe there's hope. Um, And, you know, a lot of like one in four pregnancies are miscarried. And I mean, there's still so much stigma around miscarriage, even though it is Mm -hmm. so common. Like, so it didn't happen. It didn't happen immediately. Miscarriages happen over over time, um, which makes it so much more painful. Um, I think for miscarriage, like you think it's like, oh, miscarried. Like my miscarriage lasted like three days. That sucks. Wow. It sucks. Um so and yeah. during this time are you still going to work? Are you what oh, are you yeah. doing? Oh um, yeah, like nobody knew. Uh, my two best friends knew, like my family knew, but you know, other than that, I was I was I was pretty quiet about this at at this point um, in my fertility journey. And yeah, it was, it was, it was really, it was really tough, really, really tough. So, um, didn't, didn't share it super widely. And I wish I had like, you know, I wish that this was something that was, that women spoke up about more. Um, I think we're getting there, you know, I, I think we're talking about it more, but, you know, it's still such a silent struggle and it's, you know, the body and the mind are connected when something is going on with your body, it is undoubtedly affecting your mind and your emotions. And um, yeah, it was still working. Like yeah. I should have, we need to acknowledge that as a society. It's like right. men don't carry this burden. Um, so yeah, it was, it was super challenging. Um, wow. So ultimately we did go on um, to become pregnant in our, um, our next cycle. And Amazing. Next, the next yeah. cycle and naturally, mm-hmm.
0: or you were, back
1: on drugs or what's happening here back on drugs. So, um, we did, we kind of, you know, rehashed the same, same kind of routine. Um, we skipped the priming month. um, ended up stemming in the month of July and let's see, retrieved 15 eggs, 11 mature, um, eight made it to black or eight were fertilized eight made it to blast and then great four numbers. were genetic four yeah great numbers four were genetically normal we did ICSI um because of yeah, the male factor was, and fertility um and
2: thank you for spelling that out because I think people get really like they're like I got 15 eggs and that means I'm going to get 15 embryos no. so I like, I, I love that, you, down, that yeah. you spelled that out for people that nope really it goes down really dramatically as well oh, so. yeah. 15 eggs is awesome it just doesn't mean you're eggs. gonna
1: yeah, get four your embryos, embryos. Right. Yeah. and four embryos exactly like the, I often hear that the rule of th- rule of thumb is like 20 you'll have 25 percent of what you started yep. with
2: mm-hmm. um, you did just about so. right <laughs> yeah <laughs> I
1: yeah I uh, mm-hmm. and Holly techco the um she's a, a mentor to me she has a great blog post on this she's the CEO of natalist um so it, anyway just shout out to Hallie about like making all of that known and like so public through content it's great there's just yeah. so much misinformation out there um but um but yeah so we and this, <laughs> we had a trip planned to the south of France um so we went to the south of France yeah. in August um yay before our yay. transfer yeah. and have so many just fond memories of you know of doing that and just like kind of Sean in my last experience together as a couple before we had little Little babies in our in my body. Um, so uh, we we ended up transferring to embryos. Um, I have so many thoughts on that. Um, but <laughs> what, you, what are, are your thoughts on that? Oh. As do I, share. So. Yes, so many thoughts. So I mean, candidly, I felt a lot of um, pressure. I felt a lot of financial pressure to um, yep. transfer to embryos. Yes. And like keep in mind, like yeah. we are a like we're a we've been blessed with amazing education and parents who provided amazing education to us so we have good jobs and you know we have, like have a house and you know a couple cars and you know all of those things like we we're we're you know on the like I don't want to say like upper echelons because that sounds absurd, but like we do yeah. fine and yeah. we we like we had to take out a second mortgage to do this yeah. um and we felt the pressure to transfer two embryos to just be kind of one and done um, because we didn't have insurance coverage. So, transfer right. two embryos um, subsequently. Yeah. I
0: will say that when there was um, testimony, so there was a fertility bill to provide better access in Colorado last year.
1: Mm-hmm. And
0: a lot of the testimony was that actually there are these numbers that show it costs, you know all of us taxpayers, the government insurance more because people feel pressured to transfer more embryos. And then the risk for early birth and all of those costs are actually much greater than if we just like had better fertility access and people
1: made these choices. I love to hear your thoughts on that analysis. Oh, (laughs) I have so many thoughts. And that is the exact argument. We yeah. should be making. And, you know, I love, I love, you know, pieces of legislation, like Colorado recently passed, you know, like we will ha- have mandated insurance coverage in 2022. I, I think you know, I have a lot Yay. of thoughts about like state mandates. I think they're still like, they're still like, you know, Utah has like $4,000. That's their mandate. And you're yeah. like, what? Okay, yeah. And then Maryland has a hundred thousand dollars, which is great. But like, there's still so much more left to do. Like we're, yeah. we're progressing, but there's still so much left to do. Um, yeah. but yeah, so my thoughts about transferring, transferring to embryos, it's, you know, it's like, it's definitely hard to talk about because Max and Annie are amazing. They're almost two. Um, and like, mm. I wouldn't, I wouldn't give that up for anything in the whole entire world, but I am not an advocate for transferring two embryos. I felt like it was my only option. Um, but I wish that that was, I wish I hadn't felt that way. And you know, anybody who feels like they do have the option, I wouldn't, say to them transfer two embryos like twins are fun like no twins are hard twins are like twins are um and you know like importantly twins are really hard on the body um in pregnancy Mm. and my body will never be the same so to kind of walk you through yeah
0: did anyone try to talk you out of it the clinic or you know Any professionals?
1: No, (laughs) no. And, you know, the answer was like, I'm I was 32 years old. Like, you know, I was, um, you know, Sean was not textbook fertile, but I was, you know, I was textbook fertile. Um, my mom was actually like very proud of me. She was like, Oh, you're so like fertile. I was like, mom, that's not what this is about. (laughs) (laughs) Um, but yeah, like I was in, you know, good shape and healthy eater and, you know, all of those things that, um, we all felt comfortable, um, you know, doing this transferring to embryos. So what followed was a first trimester during which I pretty much could not get out of bed. So I was incredibly wow. sick. I had to be medicated. Um, I had to take a drug called D- Diclegis. Like I another shout out to my mom. She was like, Oh, that's what Kim Kardashian took during oh, her pregnancy. I was like, cool. <laughs> like just le- like You're twins, practically a celebrity. <laughs> <laughs> pretty much. Um, and you know, I, I ended up having, and I was still, you know, very after having miscarried, like I was, I was still very, um, you know, just, uh, like very scarred from that experience. And, you know, the rule of thumb has been don't tell anybody until you're 12 weeks pregnant. Yeah, and I right. ended up having to tell my employer when yeah. I was eight weeks pregnant because I was so, so sick and missing yeah. like so much work. Yeah. Um, so I hated that I had to do that. Like that sucked. Um, and then fast forward to 20 weeks, um, little Annie's um, elbow was like stuck in my rib cage. So that was fun. <laughs> no. um, she was like, uh, I mean, this is, uh, she's my little firecracker. Um, and Max is my little sweetheart. Um, no. She was, you know, kicking Max like pretty much throughout my pregnancy. <laughs> um, it was just like part for the course. Sweet little, sweet little Annabelle. And um, then, you know, my ankle started getting real big. Um, And that's when uh things kind of started to take a bit of a turn. So I had a a baby shower, my parents flew up. Um, It was a, the baby shower was pretty hilarious i was like we're not just gonna like hat like it's not we're just gonna we're gonna have a weird like fun baby shower so um we the baby shower theme it was a dress-up party it was a theme party which is like so me if, like <laughs> mm-hmm. if you know me that is very me it's yes. abby with an exclamation point let's have a theme party <laughs> and um it was a famous pairs so like fam- famous oh, couples <laughs> that's <laughs> oh. great that's yeah, a great so- theme yes um so sean and i were um lucille ball and ricky ricardo we thought we were, like, hilarious. And anyway, I was, uh, like, I was a very large-ankled Lucille ball. And it was that point that, you know, my parents were like, I think, like, something's up. Like, have you checked your blood pressure? Like, I just, I legitimately, Uh like, I was so... I was so swollen at that point. I was thirty-two weeks. Um, when right. you have, and a that's fun-
0: surprising for an outside person to be like,
1: "Hey, are you okay?" <laughs> you know, not totally, it. totally. And you know, we're all we've all kind of been you know seasoned to tell pregnant women that like they look beautiful <laughs> and radiant, right. and I was like, "Oh, cool! I look like an actual elephant." Oh. Um, <laughs> so. I, um, yeah. So everybody was worried about how swollen I was. So, you know, I, I went to my doctor and, and my, my OB was not, um, you know, I like, well, I'll say it right now. Anyone who is pregnant with twins should be seeing a maternal fetal medicine doctor, Mm. like straight up, like that must happen. Um, twin pregnant, like that is I think that is why, you know, a lot of twin pregnancies are, can be dramatic. Um, yeah. So anyway, went to the doctor. Um, and the, the short of it is I had very sudden onslaught, like very severe preeclampsia. Uh, um, and how on, far are you at this yeah, point? So it came on super strong at 34 weeks and four yeah. days. Wow. And so I essentially experienced an emergency C-section, yeah. And I missed another baby shower because I was having an emergency C-section. Oh, yeah. um, the kids went straight to the NICU. They were there for 19 days. Um oh, wow. 20... So bad. No, no, it wasn't. And like, I'm lucky compared to you know some some twin twin mamas. Um, yeah. But the kids, so essentially, the numbers are twenty thousand dollars per kid per day. So wow. maybe my employer should have covered IVF. I don't know. It seems kind of obvious to me. <sighs> right. Um, so then I, I mean, ugh, it was, it was hard on mom too. Um, so I ended up hemorrhaging. So I had a, oh, wow. um, I had three blood transfusions and the ugh. next step, if I, if I wasn't to stop bleeding, um, I would have had to have a hysterectomy. So, Wow. Um, I almost had a hysterectomy, um, during my, my twin or shortly after my twin delivery. So, yeah, yeah that wow. it was an adventure. So like, that yeah. is my whole story. So I am an advocate for women and families first and foremost like that is my purpose in right. life um, well and of wanna,
0: course like yeah. moments after you almost have a hysterectomy you're bleeding to death they're like and hey, here's two babies to take care of <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and, right. and
1: also like breastfeed them like you must breastfeed oh, yeah, them yeah. and I was like I literally like I can't like I don't I, it's not right. working what do I do right. hope so, you're not tired yeah <laughs> yeah yeah so um so yeah that that was like I mean I i have an insane story. Um oh, insane yeah. story. So yeah. Kids came home and, you know, honestly, about six weeks postpartum, I immediately started working on this business. Wow. that was to say, so... Is then, so, how,
2: so then where did <laughs> yeah. we, where did you go from there? Yeah.
1: <laughs> so, um, so I'll, I'll take you back like a few weeks um, in reverse. So I was 26 weeks pregnant. Um, I had come up with the idea for a best shot. I was like the way that women um, interact with these medications, the way they learn about them, the way they follow their regimens, the way they yeah. order meds, like they This is so, um, acute, like what we're going through for two weeks, like we're taking 50 self-prepared and administer shots in the span of a month. Um, so like, this is like, we need help, like straight up and one in eight people have infertility. So this market is only going to get bigger. Like somebody needs, needs to make this less hard for women. So I ended up entering a tech stars competition, um, Back in in February, and gave birth to the twins in April, and this was 2018. And I was 26 weeks pregnant when I was wow. um, doing this startup competition. And out of 60 different ideas, I won the whole thing. Oh, That's huge, which was wow. really really cool because I and the coolest thing about it, like it wasn't you know the fact that I won or you know I I just I I found so many just female mentors and advocates and women who approached me and they were like, Abby, you are so passionate about this. And like you have the tools and the experience to actually pull this off. Like you kind of owe it to yourself and to women everywhere to start a business like this. So I, um, you know, I listened to them. And um, like I said, six weeks postpartum, I, um, you know, I, I started, um, I, I started just, like, building a business. So the first thing I did, oh. I approached Dr. Barton um, yeah, excellent. To, yeah, to be my my medical advisor. And she was like, oh, like, can I can I get equity? Like, she was really cool. And I was like, oh, that's a good signal. Nice. Like, yeah. So um, then I went to ASRM, and I, I had a video that I, I kind of, you know, would shop around to, you know, different doctors. So Sarah yeah. would, you know, put me in front of, like, a friend from residency or, you know, mm-hmm. what have you. And she'd be like, this video like you know this is my former patient Abby and you know yeah. she's building this business to make medications easier for patients. Um, and so I, I showed two doctors in particular, Dr. Eric Foreman um, at Columbia and Dr. Ben Lannon um, at Boston IDF. and they both loved it yeah. and they were like, Abby, seriously, come to us the second you felt this like we will be our <laughs> customers It was like all right well columbia university and boston ideas like i can't think Not of bad. two it like was... more legitimate mm-hmm. partners and right. so i i ended up quitting my job um yeah. kind of a couple months thereafter just just feeling like I had a, a, you know, a lot of really good leads and a lot of, you know, clinicians who were really interested in what I was offering. Um, and so I quit my job and, um, I was invited to join the Techstars Boulder 2020 cohort along with my CTO, my co-founder of the business, Pear Marshall. And so we built a team and we went through Techstars and we built our product, um, and the balance of the year, um, last year we spent talking to clinics. So, you know, mm-hmm. essentially what we're building is a, um, a pharmacy network, kind of a high quality tech enabled pharmacy network for fertility patients. Um, nice. so kind of the kicker there is that we're technology enabled, like we're a technology company. We're coming to the patients to bring them a better medication experience. And um, what so, does that look like for a yeah, patient? Yeah, for sure. So, um, so as of today, um, and you know, we're we're focused on you know increasingly. Well, first of all, you can find our app on the App Store, Best Shot Care. Um, it'll help you manage your meds during your IVF treatment. Nice. So we're building on this. Um, in the first half of this year, um, we are super excited to add. The aspect of community to our offering—I nice. can't talk about it um, right now—but we have something huge that we will announce this summer. Um, Ooh, that I'm pumped okay. about, um, and hopefully, many people listening to this podcast will. Um, know all about this when I when I <laughs> announce it um, this summer with my my future partner, and um, so we want to wrap patients with community. Like community is the most important thing. Um, you know we need content, we need resources, we need tools. Um, we feel so lonely going through this process. We feel like we're off on an island. So you know the most important thing is community, um, and you know secondarily we want to help patients. We want to meet patients where they're at, um, and terms of like, what is the hardest about this, this thing um, that we're going through? So, you know, some of the offerings that we'll provide out of the gates. So our pharmacy network. Um, so, and, and we want to help patients reduce waste and therefore save money. Um, so that is the real yeah. economic value that we're driving and we want to help cash pay patients. We see that this is the greatest need. Um, you know, what if you're working, what if you're, you work for a small company? Um, what if you don't work in the Bay area? Um, what if you don't, yeah. you know, what if you live in a, a state that doesn't like, there are only 18 states that mandate some degree of cut co- and that's some degree of coverage for infertility. Right. So there's right. a and lot. Even, yeah. even the
0: Colorado one. So what you were mentioning before, I mean, that was. Only for for insurance plans under Colorado law, and only for specific groups underneath that. So mm-hmm. anyone not within that that group, if your insurance or your is under, you know, federal law, you likely don't have coverage. Totally, and not all pharmacies ship to all states, too. <laughs> totally. Just to add <laughs> yeah. to like the
2: craziness, is they're not like those big like pharmacies that are you know have all the specialty products. Some of them can't ship to certain states because they're not licensed in those states, which makes it like then you'll have your friend who's like, "I got the best deal at this pharmacy." But they can't ship it to where you are, so then you can't get that best deal.
1: Yeah, for sure. <laughs> so there's so many gaps in care right now, um, and we're—I mean—we're—we're we're truly taking this this pharmacy angle and, and the medication angle. So we kind of our singular goal is to have a patient send their um, ask their clinician to send their script to Besha RX. So once they do that, we'll help them find a pharmacy partner that works for them, um, that will truly be technology enabled. So, you know, you can chat with your pharmacist. You can have a video call with your pharmacist. Like, don't exactly know where to stick that minute shot? We'll help you over your video. <laughs> right. um, you know, in-app yes. payments. Like, it's 2021. Why the heck am I calling anybody with my credit card number over the phone? Like, let's right. be honest. Yes. Um, and then lastly, like, we want to help. Um, we want to help clinics. We want to help pharmacies. We want to help patients more closely calibrate the difference between the inventory and the regimen. Um, you know, doctors often uh, often write scripts for you know ten days of meds, and a patient is going to have thousands of dollars in medication waste because a hundred percent of IVF cycles are going to change as you go in for monitoring appointments. Yeah. So, right. like, we can get better at this by leveraging technology and save cash pay patients thousands of money. You know, the end goal is to make sure this is all covered. Um, but let's, let's, Let's take an incremental approach and help the underserved, the cash pay patients save some money here. Um, so, so that is what we're trying to do, and we can we can truly do that with with technology. Um, you know, we're also interested in in you know small group therapy. Um, you know, creating marketplaces for products that that um, you know patients need, um, ovulation predictor kits, like prenatal vitamins, things like that. Um, really taking that marketplace approach, really providing you know a lot of these curated. Um, Tools and resources that that are hard to find and that are all over the web. Um, so we we want to be the home for the cash pay person or the person in general who is going mm. through infertility. Um, three months into trying to conceive, when they're getting a little nervous, um, and then thereafter when they're having an, when they're in the in the middle of an IVF pregnancy that we all know is is mentally and emotionally far more challenging um, than a pregnancy um, that has not been achieved through IVF. Um, so we, yeah. we really want to be um, that place um, for, for the underserved patients. That we... Where are things now? Can any patient download it? Is it free to them? Yes. How Okay. Yeah. So as of right now, um, so you can download our app on the app store, um, to help kind of manage your cycle. It is free. Um, it will always be free. All of this will always be free for patients. Um, we also work with a handful of clinics. Um, so conceptions of Colorado, um, um, mainline fertility, Boston IVF, Columbia university, um, a couple of others. Um, so we do have a bit of a clinic angle. Um, we also want to help make things more efficient for clinics. So Mm -hmm. we, we want to become the pharmacy choice, um, for clinics as they are, as they're looking to help their patients. We found that 70% of nurse time, um, is spent, fielding medication questions. So you look at the nurse and then it. you look at the pharmacist and you're like, okay, like let's look back <laughs> these two up. So the pharmacist has a doctorate. So that person you're rolling your eyes at behind the Walgreens counter, like that person has a doctorate. <laughs> you know like that's that's insane like these are highly educated people also they've they've often done clinical residencies specific to fertility they know what they're talking about they want to help um so our our stance is that pharmacists are hugely underutilized and they also like they're in just like doctors reproductive endocrinologists are in this field for a reason so are fertility pharmacists they tend to have their own stories um which is wonderful um so you know we we really we want to help take some of the load off of these poor fertility nurses who are running around with like chickens with their heads cut off um Mm -hmm. who are you know who are trying to help patients like let's have pharmacists answer more of these medication questions um and take that load off so nurses can provide you know that that patient care um like not every and, and how we're kind of seeing all of this manifest is that like there are fertility coaches all over the place. Like I'm a fertility coach, you're a fertility coach. And, you know, some are great and, you know, most are great, but like, you know, I, and I don't want for fertility coaches to hate me. Like they have their place, their place in, you know, in this space, but, you know, let's, let's incite the nurses, um, to look a little bit more like a, like a fertility coach. Like that's, yeah. that's what they want to be. Um, and- that, that's what keeps them going. Just to understand the app and how it works better, yeah. um,
0: like do nurses like upload, like will you be able to see your medication in your app in a way that's like much more understandable or do patients have to still upload it or how does how does it interface with like
1: my medication
0: and how I'm, when I'm taking when and understanding that better?
1: Yeah, so um, we work with clinics um, kind of on three different levels. Um, so, the first level is that a patient um, gets an application and again, you know the patient always gets this for free um, and she ca- she enters her own regimen um, this is we've done so much studying and spent a lot of time and money on getting this um right from a user experience perspective um and we're technologists like we we know how to do this stuff and i'm a proud millennial female who has been through this so um (laughs) we have discovered how to make this really easy for patients um to upload their own regimens um so they get a they get an app is it
2: easy for those of us who are gen x though like come on now you got (laughs) it like old people is it okay is it easy for
1: the old people it's easy for all of the people yes okay Yes, it's easy for baby boomers. Like my mom could do this; like she does do it. So, um, so yeah, um, yes, it's super easy. And then um, your clinician gets a dashboard um, where they can follow along with your treatment and make sure you're attesting, make sure you don't make any fatal errors, like I did. Um, and that that's the point. Um, and long term, we want to help manage inventory, so you know, a patient will manage her inventory. Um, and she'll save money because she has. Um, so we think patients will do this for that reason and your nurse will stop calling you and stop being like, Jen, Ellen, like how much menopause do you have? And you're like, Oh my God, like I'm in a board meeting and I'm a, you know, busy professional woman. And I have no idea how much inventory I have. Like that's at home. And like, it's in this big paper box. I'm like, I don't even know what what else is in there. Um, and so that's kind of the the, you know, kind of the first level. Second level, and is that your clinician um, enters your regimen um, into your app. So um, and we're, we're working with a handful of clinics on that, like I said, um, and, nice. you know, just having more of that, that um, clinic involvement. So a couple different options. That's great.
0: Awesome. So um, someone listening to this, how can they learn more? How can they help? What can they do?
1: Yeah. Um, definitely download the app. Um, take a look, um, stay tuned um for like lots of you know updates. I would also love like you know, if who who's your favorite pharmacy out there? Like, because we want to be working with them, um, we want to help enable them with technology. Um, How so, can people
2: send you oh, that information? Yeah. If they have like somebody. Do you have an email or something? Yeah. Like that they can send so it to. my
1: email is Abby A B B Y at bestshotcare.com. Um, and like call and me. We can also. Yes. Like I am all ears. Like I love hearing from patients. I hear from patients all the time. My personal cell phone number is on the app for a reason, because I love (laughs) hearing from patients and I love like, I'm, you know, kind of a fertility coach on the side. Um, so like, I, I just love coaching people through this and helping and, you know, it's, it's truly my life's work. Um, so I'd love to hear from everybody.
0: Well, we are excited about this product that, we, that you've created that will hopefully help no one else make make mistakes and at least make it much easier and more understandable to patients in the future. Um, huge kudos for taking taking your, you know, what was a bumpy road and turning it into something that could help everyone else.
1: Yeah, of course. It is my pleasure. <laughs> yeah, I'm, uh, I'm, I'm just, I'm so excited about this for patients. I think it'll, it'll be a, a game changer for the underserved. Excellent. Well, thank you for joining us. Yeah, thank you guys so much for having me. This has been a blast.
0: Thank you to Abby for joining us and for taking her personal experience and turning it into something to help others. We always love to hear that. And thank you to all those who reach out with their questions, comments. We love it. And yes. we are happy to bring more onto the air, not to embarrass you, but to, to help get more information out there.
2: Absolutely. And I say the number to call is 303- Nine nine seven one nine zero three, And if you want, you can go to our website and there's a contact us form on there. It is I want to put a baby in So super obvious mm-hmm. right yeah. there. You, you can find us though. And we really are happy to, we, we might be a little slow sometimes at responding. So, but we promise we will get there and get back to you because we do appreciate it. And we love to hear from people. Um, And speaking of appreciation, of course, (laughs) thank you, as always, to our team, who is incredible, to Amanda, to Tyler, and to, of course, Chris at Work at Bird Studios, who does so much to make us, to to, to clean us up and make us sound presentable. Thank you. Thank you all. Thank you for listening.